Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. A huge sports day right here. And on our sister station, 102.9, The Wolf. And all the available platforms uh, from Odyssey here in Minneapolis. Here's what we've got coming up today. Uh, we, we have a great show, an abbreviated show today on this Saturday uh, between now and 2 o'clock. Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network is going to join us in a moment. Matt Hoy, Senior VP of Operations for the Minnesota Twins. My yard looks terrible. Target Field looks great. They installed a new field before the start of the season. How did they do that? Uh, we'll find out from Matt Hoy, Senior VP of Operations. And then uh, Jim Cott uh, will join us. Has a brand new book coming out this week. And will be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York this summer. Uh, 2022, a big year uh, for Jim Cott. And he will join us. By the way, he'll be joining Dick Bramer for his selected games this summer on Bally Sports North. So we look forward to visiting with Kitty at about 1.35. And then uh, Steve Carney will take us outdoors before the end of the hour. Then at 2, our pregame show, it'll be the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies, game one of the NBA playoffs. Cal will have the pregame. Alan Horton with all the play-by-play. And uh, just a reminder, uh, the Timberwolves game will be here on News Talk 830 WCCO and on WCCO2 on the Odyssey app. It's free. Download it. Get it. Uh, you can't beat free. And uh, once again, our coverage begins at 2 o'clock with Cal. Now the Twins and Red Sox will be on 102.9 The Wolf, our sister station, and at WCCORadio.com on our main stream. So you can catch it on the website and uh, also on the Odyssey app. And the pregame begins at 2.30 with Chris Atterbury and the first pitch at 3.10 as the Twins try and win game two of that four-game set at Fenway Park. Some good news on Byron Buxton. We'll get into that a little bit later on. He, he won't play today, but it uh, looks like he's going to stay with the team and could play in the series in Kansas City. So we'll have more on that. But uh, right now we want to talk Timberwolves. First playoff game coming up, Cal Soderquist joins us, and a little under an hour from now, he'll be hosting the pregame show, and Cal, here we go. It's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it, Steve? I, I, I for one, uh, am anxious and excited just sitting here in the studios. I can't imagine the vibe uh, in Memphis, and I've heard that a lot of people, a lot of fans have made the trip. Sounds like we have a uh, bigger contingent of you know business folks and additional staff down there, so can't imagine the excitement, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun once we get it tipped off here in a little over an hour. 
Yeah, the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies downriver in Memphis. And this should be a very exciting first-round matchup. Uh, of course, uh, the Timberwolves celebrating that big win in uh, the play-in tournament, uh, roaring back in spite of a subpar performance by Carl Anthony Towns. And I would assume getting Cat going early is going to be a key in game one. I think so. I think certainly the coaching staff will, will have that in mind. Um, but I think, you know, one of the one of the maybe underrated things about Carl Anthony Towns and as he's matured, um, you know, he said all the right things after that rough outing and the win. Um, he said, hey, we got the victory. That's, that's all I care about. And I think genuinely Cat will not come out and, and necessarily try to force things, you know, at the detriment of the offense. I think he'll take what Memphis does or doesn't give to him. Um, we've seen him really develop over the years as a passer, especially out of double and even triple teams. So I'm, uh, yeah, I, I do think uh, he'll look to be aggressive. We've, we've seen him be one of the, the team's very best scorers in the opening quarter this season. Um, he often comes out and sets the tone, but I also think, you know, he won't force it, which is a good thing for Minnesota because then that's when things start to sort of snowball and mistakes can compound um, so I'm, you know, I'm uh, cautiously, cautiously optimistic or, or really not nervous that if we do or don't get a big Carl Anthony Towns game, it'll be because he was still reading the defense and, and wasn't necessarily trying to uh, force the issue. Yeah, and Cal, when, when you look back at that particular game, they got huge performances, obviously, from Anthony Edwards and from D'Angelo Russell. And, and when you have a big three and one of those guys has a night off, hopefully the other two step up, and clearly Ant and D'Lo did. Yeah, that's the great thing. Like, for the first time, maybe in Cat's in career, dating back to that 2017-18 team uh, with Jimmy Butler, he has legitimate talent around him and talent that can take over a game if a defense has, you know, spent so much of its resources slowing down Cat. And, and even Ty Lue, the head coach of the Clippers, said as much uh, post-game after, after that game on Tuesday. Um, you know, they had spent so much time, you know, go, hoping to frustrate Cat and really take him out of the ball game that they were a little exposed in other areas. So I think that's a, it's a credit to, you know, Chris Finch and his staff. Uh, again, it's a credit to the players kind of reading what the defense was giving them. But, yeah, it's a, it's a luxury now for Cat where we've seen D'Lo kind of carry the team for stretches of a quarter. I know you and I have talked about how he is just an example of instant offense. He can, he can score 9 or 11 points in seemingly just a handful of possessions, you know, in a couple blinks of the eye. And Ant was the same way. Ant was feeding off that energy in target center. I thought the roof was going to come off at certain points in that fourth quarter. Everyone was having a ton of fun. Um, so I'm excited now, you know, similarly, but also also different from the energy and atmosphere at target center on Tuesday. How will Ant play uh, in, in sort of the hostile playoff environment? That's something I'll be watching closely because um, he came out and I think he scored the first seven points for the Timberwolves in that game Tuesday night. And then L.A. kind of settled in and, and took control later in that first quarter. And we saw Ant obviously pick it back up again in the second half. But I'll be watching him as well um, to see how he kind of starts this game and what should obviously be uh, another rocking atmosphere at, at FedEx Forum in Memphis. 
Cal Sutter Quiz joining us. You hear him on the Timberwolves Radio Network all season long. And he'll get started at 2 today here on News Talk E3O-WCCO and on WCCO2 on the Odyssey app. The pregame at 2, Allen Horton with all the play-by-play. And Memphis, they're the number two seed for a reason. They had an outstanding season. And they played really well when John Moran was on the sidelines. So uh, this is a deep, talented team. It certainly is. There, there are honestly several parallels in the sense that, you know, the Timberwolves have at times been able to rely on the second unit to uh, provide production either in games or even for, you know, several games um, to keep them afloat. That's certainly been the case for Memphis. You know, Tyus Jones has stepped in and been awesome filling in for John Morant when Morant has missed time. Um, but it's not just Morant. You know, there are several guys that, uh, that can certainly hurt you. Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a force defensively inside. He's one of the best shot blockers uh, in the NBA. And, you know, I, I think there are similarities between these two teams because of, A, the depth that I mentioned, and, B, you know, we, we've seen the Wolves all year um, obviously adapt and embrace that, that Pat Beverly mentality of, we won't back down from anyone. You know, we've seen that basically from day one with Pat, uh, and the Wolves have, have followed his lead. And the Grizzlies have a similar mindset. You know, they they are not afraid of, of a little trash talking. Uh, John Morant uh, obviously plays with a physicality and a fearlessness. That kind of trickles down to the entire team. Uh, and I honestly loved the quote from Morant recently. Um, he, he said, we run up the chimney because we're not afraid of smoke. We want all the smoke. So I think, I think it's, it's two teams with similar mindsets, and it's going to be fascinating to watch kind of who imposes their will first. And then obviously, you know, with a seven-game series, you get that chess match of how do you adjust, what adjustments will the opponent make, that sort of thing. It's, it's all a ton of fun. All right, Cal, before we let you go, what's coming up on the pregame show at 2 o'clock? Yeah, we'll, we'll hear a little bit from Morant, actually. We'll, we'll also uh, check in with Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, fresh off that, that frustrating effort on Tuesday and how he looks to bounce back. Um, we'll also, of course, hear from head coach Chris Finch. And then we'll chat with uh, assistant coach Mike Honori to kind of help us further dive into some of the X's and O's of this matchup, maybe some of the key, you know, if you look at this area of the box score at the end of a game, that will help tell you, which team had success. So the assistant coach who was uh, obviously um, very much uh, helping out with the game plan, he'll give us kind of a sneak peek at that game plan. All right, very good. Cal, thanks for the time. Awesome. Anytime, Steve. All right, there he is, Cal Soderquist, Timberwolves Radio Network, starting at 2 today here on 830-WCCL and on WCCO2 on the Odyssey app, pregame show 2, tip after 2.30 today with Alan Horton. We'll join the Twins game in progress after uh, the postgame show because uh, the Twins and Red Sox game will be on 102.9 The Wolf and the WCCO mainstream at our website, WCCORadio.com, and via the Odyssey app. The pregame show there at 2.30, Chris Atterbury, first pitch from Fenway at 3.10 today. Pitching matchup there uh, for the Twins, uh, and we're going to see Sonny Gray again. Sonny Gray against Tanner Houck today at Fenway. The Twins won 8-4 on Friday in the series opener 
Byron Buxton banged up in that game. He has a sore knee. Uh, things are okay. He'll stay with the team. Probably won't play over the weekend here in Boston, but uh, will stay with the team and may play in Kansas City. So bad news that he's banged up. Good news is it doesn't look serious. Speaking of the Twins, they put in a new field. The weather has been terrible this spring. We all know that. How'd they do it? Matt Hoy, Senior VP of Operations, will tell us in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Huge sports day. Timberwolves coming up at 2 here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O and WCCO2 on the Odyssey app. Once again, coverage beginning at 2. Twins and Red Sox a little later on 102.9 The Wolf and on our mainstream at WCCORadio.com. And via the Odyssey app, pregame at 2.30, Chris Atterbury, Corey Provost, Dan Gladden at 3.10, Sonny Gray on the mound as the Twins try and win their second straight over the Red Sox at Fenway today. And then we'll be joining that game in progress following our Timberwolves coverage. And speaking of the Twins, Senior VP of Operations, Matt Hoy joins us. And uh, Matt, always busy getting the ballpark ready for a new season, isn't it? You know, Steve, the, uh, it, it's great to have, have gotten past the opening day hump here, but we had a very compressed uh, offseason with the Winter Classic being held on New Year's Day. So all of our projects were were really kind of teed up and ready to go. And as soon as the uh, the game was over on, on uh, New Year's Day, we immediately started tearing out the uh, whole scoreboard control room and completely rebuilt that in, in partnership with uh, Mortensen Vactronics and our friends at Alpha Video. And uh, we then also embarked upon our uh, construction of our, our sensory suite, which is uh, it's really it's, it's built for neuroatypical guests. It's in partnership with United Healthcare and the Fraser organization. But it's a space where um, if, a, you know, if a fan with uh, uh, maybe a child with uh, an autism spectrum uh, issue needs a place to you know, kind of get out of the, the noise or the lights or, or the crowd of the, of the facility, they can go in our suite. And uh, there is a room for adults, there's a room for kids, and it's all, you know, controlled with sound and light and a nice kind of calming space and a space where their family can continue to, to watch the game. But uh, kind of a unique thing that I don't think has really been done uh, anywhere in professional sports, but it's a tribute to uh, the leadership of United Healthcare and, and uh, some of our folks from our brand partnership side that, that came up with this concept. And uh, it's ready to go and functioning, and it's been very well received so far. Yeah, and go, yeah, go ahead, Matt. Well, I, I would say our other our other kind of big project for the year is we took out the concession stand in the uh, in the left field corner at section one twenty six, and we built a market that's kind of a grab and go type market where you can check yourself out. But the oh. centerpiece of this market is a it's a walk in beer cooler, and we first got the idea from the Iowa Cubs about oh gosh, it must be five six seven years ago now. But it literally, you walk inside this cooler, and I believe there's it's, it's over 7,000 individual packages of, of beer and, and pop and water and all kinds of things. But uh, I think on those really hot days, it might be something that's real popular to just maybe, you know, kind of uh, dawdle in there a little bit while you're making your choice and, and uh, cool off. But really kind of a cool concept and, and a great uh, use of that space in, in the left field corner. Yeah, walk-in beer cooler. I'm I'm a big fan of that, no doubt, at the ballpark for sure. Uh, Matt, one of the other huge projects, which 
I, I was amazed Be when I was at breakfast on the plaza, and then I went went into the ballpark, went upstairs, and visited with Derek Falvey for about 10 minutes uh, before I left. And I, I, I stopped and uh, admired the field, and it is a brand-new field. And and before we run out of time, that that's incredible because the weather has not been that great this spring. How was that accomplished? I know Larry DeVito and crew, and but a, a gigantic effort to replace the field um, in in what's been a very chilly, tough spring weather-wise. Yeah. They did an absolutely incredible job. Um, you know, Larry and, and Jared and Al and, and Reed and you know, all of the different guys on our grounds crew, Ian and, and, and their prospective staffs, came together and they, they got it all done. It was laser graded for about 10 days. Uh, before they got uh, got the turf delivered, there was a little break in there because we had a real uh, real good cold snap, and there was a, a snowstorm that kind of uh, impeded the uh, the trucking of the product to get here. But you know, they also replaced all the junipers in the batter's eye. That's six thousand junipers they replaced. We had to take down all the protective netting um, all along the, the baselines. They got all that stuff back up, and the, I mean, the ballpark looks spectacular. Oh. Um, so kudos to them, and, and just a tremendous effort was put forth by all those guys. Yeah, and it's extraordinary because I look at my lawn and it's got a long way to go. And to be able to do that work, and I, I would assume, Matt, it started right after the Winter Classic or, or shortly after to to get all that material up because it's not just the grass, but, but it's some of the material below the field as well that was redone. Yeah, they, they stripped out the grass almost immediately, but they brought in, I, I want to say it's like 500 tons of sand and compacted wow. it, laser graded it, recompacted it. I mean, the, the process was, was lengthy and, and very thorough. But um, Larry told me the other day he thinks that the field is even more level and, and kind of perfectly flat than it was before. So, uh, once again, an, an incredible effort by all those folks. Yeah, it, it is absolutely extraordinary. And I know when when people come to the ballpark, it's, wow, it, it's one of the first things. It's like when I was a kid going to the old Met and how green it was. And it just stands out already this early in the season. It is extraordinary. And I know uh, Matt is, is Senior VP of Operations for the Twins. He's been around for a long time. But one of the things the club is committed to is continuing to improve the ballpark. Well, you know, Steve, that's really a tribute to, to the Polad family and our ownership group. They they are constantly challenging us to look at, you know, what can be done to make this experience better coming to Target Field and what can what can be done to make the building itself better. I mean, every year we've had some projects of, of you know, I'll say significant magnitude, and it's all a, it's all really a tribute to, to Jim Polad and, and the Polad family and their leadership. Well, and a chance to get out to Target Field. It looks like by the end of the week, the weather's going to be spring-like, uh, 60s, potentially 70s by the end of the week uh, when the White Sox come to town. So certainly good news and a chance to uh, see that new field if you weren't able to get there for the uh, opening series against the Mariners or the two games with the Dodgers. Matt, always good to visit with you, and thanks. Thanks, my friend. Be well. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, Twins and White Sox next weekend at Target Field. Timberwolves Grizzlies coming up at 2, our pregame show here at 830 WCCO. Twins and Red Sox at 102.9. The Wolf pregame show at 230. We'll be joining the Twins in progress following our Timberwolves uh, game here as they get started in the NBA playoffs. 
And uh, right now we're pleased to be joined by Jim Cott, headed into the Hall of Fame later this summer, has a brand new book coming out. Jim, you've been busy. Jim, you there? Oh, I am. <laughs> oh, good, good. Uh, just, just, just heard a little bit of phone noise there. But uh, Jim, congrats on the book and congrats on the Hall of Fame. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, they've. Uh, uh, it's been so far a very exciting uh, winter and spring, and uh, looking forward to the same in the summertime. Yeah, and, and Jim, l- l- let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the Hall of Fame. I saw Tony Oliva at breakfast on the plaza uh, ahead of the opener at Target Field, and uh, Tony always has a bounce in his step, and I know it's a, it's a big thrill to be able to go into the Hall of Fame with Tony. Yeah, it really is uh, because, you know, we've been friends and, of course, teammates for a long time, for over 60 years, and uh, what I got to witness that a lot of people – didn't was uh, Tony's early years before he became a big league player and what how hard he had to work on his fielding to become a gold glover and you know his story of how he almost went back to Cuba and the Cuban godfather Minnie Mendoza took him in and uh, and he was on his way to stardom so yeah knowing that history and knowing Tony now it's uh, it's pretty special to be going in with him. Yeah, and, and Jim, your your career, 25 years in the big leagues, the longevity, all the gold gloves. Um, it, it, it's got to be terrific to finally be recognized for what you did on the field. Well, I think for a long time uh, I was content with the fact that they rewarded the dominance more than longevity. Uh, Sandy Koufax would be a great example. You know, he was so sure. dominant even though he only pitched for eight years. Uh, but finally, I think, uh, you know, the guys on the committee who were guys I played against, played with, executives that actually, you know, saw my career in person and media representatives as well, uh, I think that's what, what helped me finally gain election. And, and Jim, some players, uh, when their playing careers are over, maybe get into coaching, maybe make it back to the big leagues as a coach or, or a manager. Some go to the booth. Uh, you went to the booth and have had a tremendous run there. I, I, I know I consider you one, one of the greatest broadcasters the game has ever seen. Well, that's kind of it. You know, I went I went into uh, coaching for a year for Pete Rose uh, as pitching coach, and uh, I'd always had producers when, uh, you know, in the old days when you had a rainout, they used to call players up to the booth and just tell stories and, and visit and kill time. And I had a lot of uh, producers say, oh, you ought to get into this business when you're done. So I never really planned on it. I mean, I did get a little experience in the off season in the days when, when we had to work for a living. I actually, uh, in the off season, I actually uh, did sports radio for KSMM out in Shakopee and then KRSI. And uh, I think the station was in St. Louis Park. So I had a little experience that way, but it never was really a, a long time or a, a goal for me after my career, but uh, it's worked out quite well. Yeah, and Jim, you go into the Hall of Fame as a player, but uh, I, I've talked to many that say you, you're deserving of being in the broadcast wing. How do you how do you feel about that part of it? Well, I was asked by my friend Tim McCarver several years ago what I would 
what my reaction would be if he presented me as a candidate for the Ford Frick Award, which is the award that he has uh, for broadcast in the big leagues. And I always felt that the the radio guys and the TV guys that did it locally year after year uh, should really have uh, – you know, they, they should be rewarded more so. I came in as a former athlete. I was affiliated with the with the Twins for a while and the Yankees, you know, just doing TV. But never that every day, 162 games like the radio guys do. Uh, so I never felt that I, I uh, would deserve that honor based on that. But I've had a lot of my friends say, well, you know, you worked in a big market. You did TV for a long time. So. If that ever happened, uh, obviously it'd be uh, it'd be an exceptional uh, thrill. Yeah, and I've also heard, you know, Dan Gladden, for instance, a uh, couple of World Series rings with the Minnesota Twins, and has has been in the booth now for for twenty five years alongside John Gordon and now Corey Provis on the radio side, and uh, getting to a major league booth is is a challenge. There aren't a lot of those jobs there. I'll tell you, it's a gift, really. I mean, we're so fortunate. I remember, uh, you know, Tony Kubek uh, recommended me for the Yankee job when he retired, and I was fortunate to get that and did the Yankees for 13 years. So it's, uh, you know, there are not a lot of them, not a lot of jobs out there, and I know a lot of young, talented broadcasters that are doing minor league games, hoping that, uh, you know, one day they get their break and get to do uh, major league games. So I feel very fortunate that uh, as a former player, um, you know, networks felt we had something to offer from our playing experience. And uh, so that's what's enabled us to kind of invade that market as well as the guys that are really trained uh, to do that. Well, it was very enjoyable to hear Jim with uh, Dick Bramer last season. I understand you're going to be uh, paired up with Dick Bramer on some Twins games this season. Yeah, I have a five-game series in Detroit coming up the end of May, and then I'll do uh, a homestand uh, in August. So, of course, Dick and I go back to the the early 90s working games together. So and we did some uh, last year, so it'll be enjoyable to do, to do that again. And, of course, new faces this year on the Twins team. So they have a, uh, you know, they have a chance to have a pretty exciting ball club this year. Yeah, got a good win. Byron Bugston got banged up a little bit, but uh, it doesn't look like they're going to make a roster move, so he's going to stay with the club, and hopefully he'll be back in the lineup uh, maybe as soon as the Kansas City Series on the road this week. Uh, Jim, uh, congrats on the book as well. Goodest gold, uh, my eight decades in baseball. Uh, I, I know you've done other books. Why did you decide to do this one? Well, after I had done uh, the one called Still Pitching, uh, and then I did one as a, they did sort of a series, Triumph Books, of uh, different announcers that covered a team, and they did uh, If These Walls Could Talk about my years covering the Yankees. It wasn't anything uh, controversial. It was just sort of what it's like to, you know, to be in the booth behind uh, teams like team like the Yankees who were so successful then. And uh, I had been I had been asked, from time to time by friends and said, well, you're going to write another book. And I said, I don't think I will until I get near, you know, what I think might be the end of my baseball life. This is my 63rd season involved in major league baseball in either as a player, a coach or an announcer. 
And uh, Bob Costas, had, my partner on MLB Network, said we have to get work into the 2020s because there are very few uh, announcing careers that have touched eight decades. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe no, I don't think Bob Euchre. I think Euchre started in the late in the early 60s and then Vin Scully. So that's what prompted me to just write a book about my eight decades. Obviously, I didn't play or do anything for 80 years, but my career touched eight decades. So I have experiences from uh, the late fifties, right on them to the, uh, to the current time. You know, Jim, I've always wondered in, in all your time in the game uh, as a player, coach, broadcaster, uh, I, I always get the sense, and this is what I, I, I love about baseball, that, that the all time greats through the decades could, could, could still compete today. Do you believe that because your major league career started in the late 50s and all the greats you've seen along the way, you're going to join the Hall of Fame, that that they would be able to, in their prime, put on a uniform and compete in 2022? Yeah, I think what what the difference is 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 the training and the physical ability of the players today. So if you take the greats, of the 40s and 50s, if they were born and raised in this era, they would be bigger and stronger. They would have access to the same training methods that the current athlete does. So I think that ability that uh, ability that they had would certainly uh, transfer into whatever era, as would today's players if they if they were born back in my era with the same amount of ability, they might not be six four two hundred and forty pounds and uh you know look like a bodybuilder but i think they would still have the skill uh to compete in that era so i think that that's probably the same thing in in any sport but that's why it's difficult to compare because we look at for example willie mays the great catches that willie mays made and there was only one willie mays you know and he he stood out well now you look at a Byron Buxton or a Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, and you can go back over the last decade, and you can see a lot of outfielders that did the same thing as, as Willie Mays. Uh, they didn't stand out like Willie because there's more of them today, because there's more players with that natural uh, ability, more so than I've ever seen in my time in baseball. Jim Cott joining us, brand new book, Good as Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball. It'll be available wherever you buy books. It's uh, going to be released very soon, uh, the 19th, I believe, and uh, the publisher is Triumph. Uh, tip of the cap to uh, your, your co-author, Doug Lyons. What was it like to work with Doug? And I know uh, you probably spent a lot of time together. You know, not really together, but we corresponded yeah. a lot, Doug being in New York. And, of course, sure. uh, his brother Jeffrey was uh, uh, a well-known movie uh, critic and, and Broadway critic for years. Uh, and Doug has co-written other baseball books, and we had corresponded over the years on a number of baseball subjects. And, and so this was just a natural fit. And uh, it's actually my third different author, author with three different books, and uh, I've enjoyed all of them, and uh, looking forward to seeing Doug at some of the signings. Uh, first one's coming up next week at Ridgewood, New Jersey, right after the book is released. And uh, I'm hopeful to do uh, maybe a, a signing either at Target Field or, uh, you know, one of the bookstores or places that would sell books in the, in the Twin Cities this summer. All right, Jim, before we let you go, I, I, I've been – 
wanting to ask you this for a long time because you've been around the game so long as a player, coach, and broadcaster. Uh, if you could step into the commissioner's chair, there's a lot of talk about what changes need to be made in the game. What, what's at the top of your list? Does anything, number one, need to be changed with the game? And if so, what would it be? Well, I don't like a lot of the silly rules. I don't like uh, messing with the, like bigger bases and things like that. But uh, And I was surprised the reaction I'm getting when I mentioned this from a lot of people that have all of a sudden said, wow, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Uh, now, this is radical, but I would like to see any or all of these. I'd like to see the game shortened to seven innings because seven is the new nine, and after about two and a half hours, people – normally get a little tired and they're ready to go home. So the, the game has too much dead time. Uh, I'd like to see them soften the ball, which they won't do because I think, uh, I think Major League Baseball ownership, I think they kind of like the home run. You know, it's become sort of a home run derby. We talk often about how there's so much dead time between the ball being put in play and then probably the most radical change I would do, we used to play practice games like this at spring training, is uh, three balls you walk and two strikes you're out. What that would do is uh, the pitchers are they are so concerned about pitchers injuring their arm, you know, throwing too many pitches. And on another subject, that really has nothing to do with their arm as much as it does conditioning their body and their legs and allowing them to pitch uh, – more in spring training and more during the season. But uh, I think that would allow pitchers to pitch, say, uh, seven or eight innings with the same number of pitches that they're throwing now. And I think it would uh, create a little more action. It would uh, it would put the ball in play a little more. I'd, I'd love to see a minor league or a college summer league try those things and just see what the reaction was both to the fans and, and to the players. Right. They sound like good ideas to me, Jim. Well, pleasure to visit with you. Once again, congrats on the new book, Good as Gold, My Eight Decades in Baseball, available in the next few days wherever you buy books. And uh, look forward to seeing uh, Jim and Dick work some games this summer on Bally Sports North. And once again, uh, congrats in advance on your induction into the Hall of Fame. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed the visit. Yeah, there he is, Jim Cott. Joining us here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Timberwolves coverage starts at 2 Game 1 from Memphis on News Talk, E3OWCCO, and WCCO2 on the Odyssey app. Uh, Twins and Red Sox at 102.9 The Wolf and at WCCORadio.com. And, of course, on the Odyssey app. Pre-game at 2.30, first pitch at 3.10 today. Sonny Gray on the mound, Twins 1-8 to 4. Byron Buxton banged up yesterday. Won't apparently go on the injured list. Uh, will stay with the team. May get back in the lineup uh, when they visit Kansas City. All right, let's go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com. And, Steve-O, the weather has been tough. Oh, Steve, this is uh, not only the winter from hell, it's the spring from hell, and just got some more snow a couple of days ago, and actually we're making ice. It's been in the teens at night, so kind of a bummer, but it's going to get better. Just want to make a couple little highlights before we uh, move on. Um, The walleye limit from 6 to 4 looks like it is going to be shelved for the time being. That is not going to pass anytime soon. Um, Good idea. I, I, I think that limit change is not real smart. Also, Mother's Day weekend, 
Uh, that's coming up in a few weeks. Resident moms can fish without a license on okay. that weekend, so that's pretty cool. All right. Well, very good. Then uh, you'll you get out there eventually, get out to the border waters. Looks like the weather is going to be better in a week, Steve. Uh, we'll talk to you in a week as well. All right. Sounds great, Steve. Have a great one. All right. There he is, Steve Carney. Steve Carney Outdoors. We have a tight schedule today, and uh, we apologize. Our time was limited with Steve-O. Uh, we've got, uh, of course, uh, the Timberwolves coming up at 2. Uh, the Twins coverage there starts at 2.30 at 102.9. Uh, the Wolf, and then we'll be joining that Twins game in progress following the Timberwolves here on CCO. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.